Hello and welcome to Adventures in Venue Land, an EVMC podcast. Join us for this all-access pass backstage and behind the scenes with some of the brightest minds that cross the scope of the live event industry. I'm Dave Rettelberger. And I'm Paul Hooper. We'll introduce you to incredible guests who journey with us as we dive deep into the world of venues, tours, festivals, and everything in between. Grab your laminate and meet us in Venue Land. Today's adventure takes us to Austin, Texas. We're going to check in with Hannah Baker Gooden. Now, you might know her as the director of branding for Oakview Group's Moody Center. Hannah, how you doing? I'm good. Thanks for having me, guys. The name got a little longer, right? We were at we're adding new names because you you just celebrated a, a had a big wedding. Congratulations! How, how did all that go? It was good. It was um it was a long process getting there, but we made it and we made it through. And and now I have a little bit more brain capacity to think about uh you know work. So <laughs> as someone who's involved in events, I was gonna say, is it is it kind of like is that a blessing or a curse when you're planning a wedding? Do you just pay attention to all the details? Maybe that's a good thing. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, there's some good photo activation stations at the wedding. I guess there have to be, right? <laughs> It was a curse. Okay. It was a curse. Um, having the, having the pressure of doing what I do for work and then people being like, Oh, I cannot wait to see what you're going to do for your wedding. And I'm like, I don't have the same budgets that I do for my wedding (laughs) as I do for work. I also just kind of want to just chill. So (laughs) right, right. uh, glad it's all done, but it was a, it was a great um, span of time and, you know, on to the next. So well, you know, obviously for Paul and I and a lot of folks in the industry who follow along with the Moody Center's adventures, you guys have been doing some great stuff. But there's a lot of folks listening right now who have no idea what you do. So what is a director of branding and how did this position come about for you? Well, that's a good question. Um, so we have the only branding department uh, within Oakview Group, and I'm pretty sure within the industry. Um, I focus on all things artist relations, um, guest relations, gifting, experiences, hospitality, aesthetic things, fun projects like that. We touch anything the brand touches is something that my team and I like look at and try and make just the best that we can for Moody Center. So it's um, a lot of conversing with, you know, promoters and agents and, and our booking teams and um, also corresponding with marketing. So we are a separate department from um, our marketing. That's what I was going to ask. Are you part of marketing or you're your own department? We are our own department. And, you know, a lot of buildings have, you know, brand managers and stuff like that. Um, and those are a part of the marketing department, which makes sense. Um, but for us, we have so many shows and it, it was easy to separate it, right? So like, I, we don't have to do any of the um, selling tickets, but we do... Uh, in conjunction, work with our marketing departments very closely to make sure that we are all on the same page of what's going on and what we do for you know the front of house, the general public. We can use to sell tickets for our next show or stuff like that. So, and we've obviously had uh, Jeff on before as a guest, and that was right as Moody Center was getting ready to open. I want to say it was like a week before doors opened, but uh, you know, 
can you tell us a little bit about Moody Center and, you know, what's what's its place in Texas? What's its place in the States? I mean, I think everyone knows probably from that episode or just things they've heard from throughout the industry that it is very modern, new arena, and it is very like brand forward from day one. It seems like a lot of intention went into that. Yeah, it's uh, if you've never been to Moody Center, it's a beautiful building. Um, it is very modern, um, very state of the art, but it's also very Texas glam, I would say. Texas glam. I, That's a great way I, to describe I, it. I, I don't want you to think that it's like sparkles and like, you know, bejeweled everything. It's not. It's just like very um, beautiful wood pieces, leather everywhere, you know, some yeah. cool cow schools and uh, a lot of UT burnt orange. So I'm having to get used to that, but it is, it is is a beautiful building and um, you can tell a lot of care and effort was put into the making of it. And I think that's why it's such a special place. So, you know, just because, you know, your job is, you know, so unique. um, I kind of want to get granular and kind of break it down. So let's start with the, with the artist side of things. Um, you know, what is, what is your role there and what are you tasked with? So just like, say we get a show announced, right? We, we have a whole system now. So we take, we have this like giant document, uh, that's living in a OneNote, and every single show has its own page. And within that page of a show, we break down, you know, what's, what's going to be happening with who's going to, who's the promoter, who's the agent, who's the manager, who's going to be here. Um, the gifts, if we have gifts for them. And then each of those pages for the shows has a sub page. So in those sub pages, we start with our research. And that's basically once the page is created, we get started on research and, and pulling all this information on the artists, their managers, you know, all the maybe important things that we could use for future. Um, and so the research is really like the biggest part of all of this. And it's also like the most time consuming. And I feel like I was just telling someone recently, like it's a, it's an art to figure out someone that you actually have no idea what their interests are. Right. Like, and and be tasked with the idea of gifting them something that they actually would like and, you know, be appreciated. So we start with our research and then my team and I have a meeting we usually stick to about two to three months out for per show. And so then that's when the decisions start going. So we look at, we look at our research that we did and say, here's what we can use. Here's what we can't use. And then we, we develop our ideas from there. And then we start the logistics stuff, which is, you know, sourcing um, our local, local artists and seeing what we can get gift wise from them and kind of creating that special, special something. So so tell me about a couple examples of things that you've done that you're particularly like, oh, that was good. Well, so the first thing that comes to mind is Bruce Springsteen. So we had Bruce Springsteen, I guess it was February. Um, I, my date might be wrong. So, but we we knew he had played in Austin um many, many times. Like he there's all these old, old articles of him playing and these histor- Bruce historians that we were able to find on YouTube and do all this stuff. So basically we had all these old articles and I, I like to try and make it a memorable, I mean, obviously we're a new building. We have not, we've never had Bruce Springsteen before. So we're like, okay, how do we tie in the history of the city to the building? And how do we make that connection? That like, we're really happy you're here. 
So we basically, the, the inspo for what we did came from uh, the Taylor Swift reputation tour with the newspaper mm -hmm. articles. I don't know if you guys remember this. Yeah, sure. Yeah. But we basically took all of the articles that we found from like 1970 to present day that had anything to do with Bruce Springsteen playing. Um, and we have a fantastic graphic designer, Avery Elkins, who was able to, after we sourced all of the, the articles, he tied it all into like a fake newspaper. And so we had like these fake newspapers back of house. Um, and that was the whole theme of the of the day. So it was the newspapers that we had back of house. The wall wrap was um, the same kind of graphic, but it's these all these words and like quotes swirling around Bruce and this old photo of him that we also found from one of the shows he played at Armadillo headquarters. Um, but what we also did was we tied all of those quotes into the gift that we gave. So we knew that Bruce loves um, vintage cameras, like these specialty old time film cameras. So we were able to source one from a local um, camera shop. And then we have these fabulous leather uh, makers in Austin. And so we worked with them to build a custom case around it. Um, and it was like this really cool circular case that the camera lens fit into perfectly. But on the outside and the inside, we embossed the, the quotes that we had gotten from all of those articles of the past. Um, and anyway, we obviously weren't able to do a trade shot. We weren't able to do any of that, uh, but we did, Jeff got FedExed a handwritten note from Bruce Springsteen two days later saying, thank you so much. This was the best gift. And that was like, okay, that was it. All right, job security. I think I've got it maybe. So <laughs> I don't know. It was a very exciting time just because he is, so world renowned, but it was it was a fun one that we did. I tell you, handwritten thank you notes are so underrated, right? I mean, they're I just like we got one from uh, Reba after she played here uh, uh, last year, and when she, you know, and it's just like it's just such a nice touch. It's so cool. I just I'm, I'm a huge fan of that. Uh, okay, that's uh, Bruce. Give me give me one more. You know, you have more unsuccessful artist gifts than you do the successful ones. Well, that's my. That'll be my next question. <laughs> okay. Or there's something like where you'll make you'll make it and it'll look amazing, and then like the artists won't take it with them, or something. And you're like, well, it was success success to us, but not look. Like, I don't know. Well, they so tell tricky, you they right? love it, and then you know whatever. Right. We um for SZA my brand manager Mandy, she loves SZA, and we ended up gifting her an eight like a, actually it was like a six foot sword and um <laughs> i have pictures i'll have to show it to you um but anyway the six foot i mean it was huge right like the bot we we custom built this red acrylic box that it all fit in and um SZA did not do like a trade shot per se like with the management and tour and whatnot um, but somehow she got wind that we had done this like custom sword that was like engraved in like this big giant box. And anyway, at the end of the night, we we're usually like some of the last people to leave um, just because we have stuff to clean up or whatever. And um, we got word that says it was downstairs and was willing to receive the gift. And she took the sword and the sword is it is gone. It is no longer in our hands and is no longer <laughs> it's no longer a deadly weapon in this building, which I'm sure my director of security is very happy about. So 
<laughs> it was yeah, good. It was bus. But I don't, you know, she's got all this artwork where she's, it, it was like a full on samurai sword. So it, it was yeah, great. yeah, for sure. That's awesome. Now that we all know, and we all know this, uh, uh, that sometimes things don't go as as expected. So uh, share with me a story about uh, sometimes you put some real effort in, but maybe it didn't go quite as planned. Um, I have too many stories to tell you on that. <laughs> I, I like to think back. Um, so from my time in Tulsa, you know, the the position that I started in was brand manager and we were just trying to figure it out, right? Like we were just trying to figure out what the heck was going on. So um, I, for whatever reason, decided that we were going to give Cardi B an Ugg robe, like the brand Ugg. Um, and well, it it turned out so poorly that we didn't even end up gifting it. So I just wear it around the office and that's what we did. <laughs> it was a Cardi B Ugg robe. Yeah. And it was just like bejeweled and it was, anyway, it, you know, it's really hard trying to figure out the people who have all of these bios online, have all of their interests online, if they actually, you know, like these things that, you know, we are gifting them or if it actually makes sense. So you're absolutely right. And often these people have a very like public persona and you're really trying to give them something that's almost like a personal thing that you want them to put in their office at home or something. And that's not so much the thing that they wouldn't maybe even post on Instagram because maybe it doesn't match their public. So you're like, did they keep this? Did they throw it away? Sometimes you never know. And it's tough, but it also makes it, I'm sure, tough to research too, because you're trying to find that genuine item that sort of breaks through whatever the the image is that might be something totally different. It's a lot of little baby Easter eggs, right? Like I'm search, I'm like those, I'm I'm just like a Swifty in the sense of like I'm searching for these baby Easter eggs that I can just take and and pull and create into something totally something else. So now Paul and I have discussed this before, but part of the challenge there is that you know there are X number of other arenas and venues who are looking for those same Easter eggs. And have you had that issue yet where you've, you've, you know, had this really cool idea and then you find out they just did it in Chicago? <laughs> well, I try and always predict the future for lack of a better term. Good um, for you. <laughs> well, in, in our documents that we do, we pull the, the show dates, right? So we pull who's before and who's after us. So we can kind of get an idea on who's doing what. And, and, you know, where I'm at a point in my career where like, I have relationships with most of these people at the venues. And so I can um, kind of be like, oh, I know that they'll go this route, or I know that they'll like, you know, you kind of can be like, okay, we'll, we'll pivot. Right. Well, and I, I really had this with Jonas Brothers recently. So we had two shows of Jonas Brothers and like Waffle House is like such a, a huge thing that people it's so easy to recreate right like it's it's um not it's not easy to recreate it's it's a a perfect opportunity to create something really cool um right. and like pivot and and turn it into like a local a local tie-in and create these crazy activations that will look really cool so i knew because we were not the first show that there were going to be other venues that were going to be tying into Waffle House and, and, and going that route. So, um, we, we did a big play on our, in the mood and, and created a full love bug effect, which is one of their older songs that is still, you know, one of my favorite songs, but anyway, but we, we did the tagline, we caught the love bug and now we're in the mood. So that was like the whole theme for the back. 
back of house, front of house, the merch we made, literally everything. So I just try and expect the unexpected most of the time and and be very aware of who's coming before and after us on shows. Yeah, I'm sure it's it's got to be a, a a challenge. What do you do as far as, you know, when you're working with the tour um, and you're trying to let them know that you have this really fun idea that you've come up with and we'd like to do a presentation, you're trying to get that done. Or, uh, so many times we find out, you know, oh, they'll let you know a day of, or nobody wants to commit in advance. So when they do, it's always great, but it's so rare. So how are you kind of, what, what tools or, or tricks do you recommend for somebody who's like trying to figure out how to kind of get that locked down before the artist gets in town? So we send, um, it's called an artist experience and gifting letter. And it's basically, you know, it talks about how excited we are for you to come to Moody Center and experience all the great things in Austin. And then it says, here's what we're doing for the artist. And it labels out the gifts. And then it it has like an action item, like here's the artist gift, here's who did it, all this stuff. And then it says, um, we'd love to do a venue trade shot after. And so, you know, there's that one. And then here is the crew experience. Here's what we're doing here. And then it says, okay, we'd love to get, you know, 10 posters signed in return. Um, and we do this so that our promoters know what's going on, the managers know what's going on, and we can kind of prepare for anything that needs to shift or change or, you know, whatever. So we've, we've seen it be super successful um, and super helpful. It goes well. So I'm, I'm happy with that. And, you know, we put a lot of time and effort into the experience and the gifting and the stuff that we do. Obviously it's my whole job, but making sure that it is recognized and uh, acknowledged ahead of time so that everyone can enjoy the, like the set times that we have for coffee from three to five, like, so, you know, sometimes people already have something scheduled at that time. So like knowing how to plan your day is super helpful. I think it might be easy sometimes for people that might be in a market where they've got a tight budget to look at like front of house experience or back of house and be like, oh, you know, that's really cool. But that's because they've got X, Y or Z budget or that's because of this or that. But I think, I mean, it really clearly goes well beyond that. I mean, even just hearing you describe what you all did for Bruce Springsteen and this embossing and custom leather and sourcing, you know, that's not a like phone it in, here's a big check and, you know, make it happen. Like that's a lot of intention. It's a lot of details. It's a lot of also understanding how to pull different pieces together. And we've got the camera from here. We've got the leather from here. We've got this, this is how we're going to present it. And I think that is an art, like you said, and it's also, you know, it, I think it shows uh, really kind of putting your heart and your passion into it. And so I think, I mean, clearly it's something you got uh, started with in Tulsa and stuff, but is that something that you have personally sort of always had a knack for, like, and in, in kind of doing these fun design things or, you know, sourcing different things together to create something, you know, is that something you've sort of found uh, the talent for? Or is it? Or have you always sort of loved that? I'm, I would say yes. Like I've always had the creative like genes of, I don't know, I just making something out of nothing is usually what I'm really good at in, in personal and in work. Um, but I would say it is something that I've, I had to learn over time. Um, it was some, not something that was easily taught and we were kind of just trying to figure it out. I didn't start with huge budgets, right? Like I didn't start right, right off the bat with creating a Harry's house. <laughs> so, <Right>. um, 
it it was like you know throwing a tiki bar backstage for Jimmy Buffett and like having our like I was in food and beverage at the time that we did this and we were doing it was just when we were starting back house activations and so I literally had my food and beverage team like make mock margaritas and like fake pina coladas out of the blenders that we already had and a tiki bar that we rented and it went over huge and mr jimmy himself may he rest in peace was drinking you know um i'm sure he wished there was tequila in it but we were all drinking them so it was fun but uh it didn't take a lot but the intention behind it and and um it's it's stuff that it doesn't have to be like a whole a whole thing um, and we, we do also both when I was in Tulsa and, and now in Austin, we work a lot with our local partners. Like we have so many vendors that, um, don't always work with us on trade, but we do, you know, try and utilize that when we can. So, um, that helps us out significantly because it's, it's easy for us to, to trade for tickets. So. Hannah, you mentioned, yeah. you know, you mentioned the uh, taking care of the crew. You know, we talked at length about the artists, but but taking care of the crew is important. So tell me why that's important to you guys there at, a, at the Moody Center and, you know, and kind of some of the things that you do. Well, I think the crew is sometimes one of my favorite things to take care of um, and making sure that their experience is happy. Uh, for Harry Styles, we had six nights of Harry, and that was a crazy, crazy uh, run of shows. But for our team and Harry's crew, we were all working a lot and they were loading in and out every other night. And, you know, so we're so was our team. But we made sure to have something special to Austin brought in every single day. And whether that was like Juice Land, which is like a very popular smoothie and juice place here, um, they came in and did juices and um, we tied it into to songs and, you know, all of that stuff. But if the crew's happy, everyone else is happy. If the crew's happy, my event managers are happy because they're having it. <laughs> and, um, I try and keep my event managers happy because you never know. <laughs> you never know when you're going to need to pull a favor. But Amen. Right. Um, it, it was such a successful six nights that Harry himself was like, thank you so much for taking care of our crew. Um, and he said this on stage. And so that was just like mind blowing for all of us, um, that it, it does not go unnoticed when you, you know, do the little things like bringing in a coffee cart. Like that's, that is something that we have as a staple in Austin. Um, we have a, a local, um, coffee company that we, have for every single show so we have john mayer tomorrow and we've got custom john mayer drinks and we do that and it's it's super easy and they're self-sufficient and i know i'm always going to be caffeinated also so it's great (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, i mean i think it's it's often the crew too as i'm sure they understand is usually the third line in that right like you've got the front of house public experience that's going to end up, you know, if you do a good job, it's going to end up on a million people's Instagrams and here's this really cool thing. And here's the back of house artist gift that might end up on the artist's social if you're lucky, but also you get this trade shot that's public. So I think sometimes maybe venues don't put as much effort into the crew side because it really is the not public portion of it. So you really have to care more about the the people that are, you know, doing the nuts and bolts work and, and actually you know, making the show go off without a hitch. And, and as you said, you know, that's just as important, if not more important sometimes, because really the artists sometimes are like, 
you know, whatever, I'll get this gift market to market. But this market really gave a shit about the people that I'm spending, you know, day in and night out with for months. And so I'm going to remember this city because they actually gave a shit about the people that, you know, I care about, you know, it's not so much just giving me uh, some fancy gift or something, you know, sometimes that means even more to the artist sometimes. Yep, it sure does. Um, it was, it's always a little bit more fun too, because they like to interact more when, when, you know, uh, they've got yeah. something coming. So. so we've <laughs> talked about, you know, what would you do for the artist? What would you do for the crew? But we touched on that a little bit, but, but boy, I know the uh, a big piece is, is fan activations. So tell me, what do you, what do you guys call them there? And, and how do you prioritize that? versus artist and crew and do you do it for every show and what's the process like so we used to do a front of house activation for we tried to for every single show anyway that's how i always did it um previously and other roles um was any sold out show there was going to be something for the fans because the fans are just as important right like well, i'm trying to get my brand out there um and and show everyone like here's what moody center does and how you know they care about us as well um so we used to do it for every sold out show it turns out that's actually a lot of work here in austin um <laughs> we uh and i'm so blessed to have such a great marketing department we have too many sold out shows and it got to be a lot for us so we have kind of scaled back and we have pivoted on how we restructure our shows in the branding department so we have like a we call it like a five-star classification um but our five-star shows get photo ops and sometimes it just depends on the show and the demographic also right Right, because some audiences are more fun than others i mean just as far as as far as like hey i'm here to have fun and some artists some people are like i want to go in i want to go in my seat see the show i'm not posting about it and i'm leaving Yes. And so we really take a look at the the crowds that are coming in, the demographic, and then that's how we decide what what kind of front of house activity. Yeah, that makes sense. So like for Harry Styles, okay, we knew that was six nights. That was going to be a crazy one. We were going to go absolutely the largest type. We've Let's ever get had. into it. Tell us exactly what you guys did out there for Harry Styles. Well, <laughs> it was, so I had just um, started in Austin in, in July and Harry had just gotten announced and it was a lot, right? Like we knew we were going to have all of these people coming in from all over the world for this residency. And we also knew logistically it was going to be very difficult to be putting up these huge activations and then pulling them down because we would have two nights of Harry Styles and then we'd have to pull and we had um, the gorillas and then we do two nights of Harry Styles and then we do Florence and the Machine and then we oh that makes it fun <laughs> we, we got a huge football game also and then we had our last two nights of Harry Styles so it was um, I think what a lot of people don't see in regard to the, the branding department here at Moody Center is like it's a lot of logistics like we have to really work with our operations our engineering um, our event managers to really figure out like what's happening everywhere else in the building um, to really make the most use of our time. So um, we took, we took all of these events happening and, and Jeff was like, 
we got to create this upside down room. And I was like, Jeff, there's no logistical way to do this. Inside <laughs> the building, and you're gonna kill me trying to take this up, put it up and put it down every single night. Um, because those shows that we had in between were also sold out. They were just as big. Right. right so, right. um, I, I kind of was like, well, maybe I'll just buy a shipping container and turn it into Harry's house. And then anyway, we ended up buying a shipping container and turning it into Harry's house. So that was, um, great logistically for me because we put it out on our plaza. And then at the end of every Harry show, you just close those doors up and it was, it was done. I mean, contained. Yeah. I, I, I granted I had to, um, switch and sweep floors every night but <laughs> we closed it up um, and the outside was just generic uh, Austin and Moody branded so um, for the shows that we had going on at that time it, it was another photo op um, when it was closed which was great so it was it was we had over a hundred thousand fans in and out of that shipping container and I have all the stats on the media impressions we also found that our merch sales were exponentially higher than everywhere else that had the resident residency. Um, and one of the things that I deal with on a constant basis is how do you see the return on investment on, for what you do? Um, and so yeah. that's something that we were able to tie in with merch sales, but also brand engagement and brand awareness. Um, how does, how does the house tie with merch sales? I'm not following there. We had an outside merch tent. So, ah, okay. So, what when we announced that the shipping container was going to be outside and it was going to be open these days and this time, like we had constant flow into that container, right? Because we had the left side of the container was the upside down, which is the Harry's House album cover, which everyone loves. Um, and then right. the right side was the bedroom from late night talking. And so, yes, it wasn't a full home. I think I would have rather. <laughs> You could have just slept in there those nights I and just. I, I, I hate to tell you this, but I did. Um, instead <laughs> of my dog, and because um, my dog comes to the office when I'm down here. But anyway, so it, we we recreated this bedroom, and it, it was just like constant flows of people, and we had all these little, you know, the Harrys are very um detail oriented so we had the coffee pot with the fish in it the goldfish in it from you know whatever music video it was and it was it was just it was a lot of detail and work and sourcing because we we didn't outsource any of it like we did that all in-house so we sourced the bedding we sourced the bed frame we sourced the pictures on the wall the neon sign the furniture everything um and let me tell you, it's really hard to find the couch from Harry's house's upside down room. So <laughs> we actually had to make that. That was custom. the hardest one. But, but, but backing up, I mean, that's how we were able to kind of find the ROI on the, the container. Yeah, sure. No, that makes sense. So it, it was really, we don't always have the luxury of comparing and, and kind of analyzing what our merch sales was to the activations that we do. But that one was a really great one, so we were excited. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I, I totally get everything you're doing. You know, I, our measuring ROI and it's got to be tough in a lot of cases because it's it's more of the experience that is you know that intangible. Um, I, I just is, this would impact me. Do you do you get like a little panic attack every time a big show is announced because <laughs> you're just like, where am I going to get the idea from? Where is it coming from? Yeah, um, I do. And a lot of times it comes from me dreaming because I'm like literally thinking about work as I sleep. So um, as, <laughs> as a psychopath that I am, um, but I get it. No, no, I get it. 
I try also not to think about it until it gets a little bit closer because I work a little bit better under pressure, if I'm being honest. So no, you got you to know yourself, right? Getting through Harry's house with three building. So building a custom shipping container and shipping it from Michigan to Austin in three months was a lot. <laughs> and oh my gosh. Um, it was it was uh, a learning experience, but also like. I mean, if I can do it in three months, I can, I can do, I think a lot. So it was, it was good, but. Did you save the shipping container? Is it like in your backyard or is that Jeff's new office? <laughs> we, we joke about, well, so my inventory is getting larger and larger down here and they keep joking that they're just going to put me in it. But anyway, the shipping container, <laughs> we still have it. Um, we are looking at when we, we almost brought it back this september before i got married which would have been crazy we had two nights of madonna two nights of drake two nights of pearl jam and so what we were going to do is we were going to re-outfit that container for every one of those um oh my gosh. but it didn't work out because madonna obviously got postponed so we're actually looking we we still have her we cannot get rid of the shipping container i will not let anyone do that um because it was so, <laughs> it was such a labor of love for for myself and and my team that um we're looking at bringing it back in april because we have another it's going to be a crazy april so it'll just live on our on our concourse and we'll re-outfit it as necessary um but i That's also awesome. bought a car for jonas brothers so i have a car um and you all bought the car. The car is ours. So we have a 1971 what? blue uh, Volkswagen Beetle. And my uh, operations team does not love that I'm keeping it in our loading dock, but she's really cute. And, you know, you never know when you're going to get a Beetle again. So um, I'll just keep it. Just throw it in the shipping container. You can just kind of pile it all together. And uh... <laughs> All right. So we talked about. We talked about the guests. <laughs> we talked about the guests, the artists, uh, the the crew. Uh, you mentioned a few other things in your job. What else have we haven't we really touched on? So, uh, part of the brand department, we handle all day of social media. So, um, we work in conjunction with marketing on social. Usually, it's it's a lot easier for my team to to handle the social aspect on the day of because we're usually like living in it, right? Like we're we're building it. We know when it's done. We know we can get it up. We um, are experienced the things that we experience. Um, so that's super exciting. Um, and that's a super fun part of our job. We really like making sure that our followers know why and why we do what we do and enjoy it as well. So like when we have back house activations, like we always try and post and highlight what we do so that people can be like, oh my gosh, I want to go to this arena because they do this for the artists and the artist is going to be happy that they're here. So um, we handle social. And then the other little part of my job is handling like our big aesthetic things. So like we just recently installed these crazy light bars um, that can be played with video um, movement and all this stuff. And, and I've got a guy that I have worked with for a long time and he came from the arena world, so he knows what the purpose is and all of this stuff. But we wanted to create kind of an experience in our in our hallway. And so we is this no, this is a public hallway or is this back of house? It's a back of house hallway. Um, and so we wanted to make sure that people weren't just looking at, you know, the concrete walls and stuff like that. So we recreated this lighting activation that is kind of based off of sound bars. And so as the 
lights move it can be it can be shown as sound bars which is really cool so um i do a lot of big big picture projects like that and jeff's got me working on all the things as you can imagine so um <laughs> but that's the stuff that's fun no shortage of yeah it sounds it sounds busy and i commend you on being able to juggle it all you know i mean i think uh, surely it's it's tricky as you're getting close on each of these and you're figuring out this artist gift and they are figuring out this front of house activation and they're all kind of overlapping at the same time over the next, you know, over so many weeks, it's, it's a lot of balls in the air, but it's great. It's you guys do a great job. And it, I think it, it, it does, I think land a lot for the fans beyond just the front of house, like you said, because a lot of these people are really passionate about their artists. And when they see that you're taking care of them, even though they might not experience that, it's like, you know, they want to support you because they know you support the thing that they love. So I think right. that that matters a lot. Yeah, it, it is a lot of balls in the air all at once. And it it's it's a you know, like I said, it's a new department. So we were when we started and with harry and all the shows that we had going on it was um it was something i could have never ever imagined being <laughs> dealing with at that time so crazy speaking of imagining you know when you're you know you're a student at you know uh oklahoma state university uh and you're you're interning for the oklahoma city ballet yeah. would you imagine this is what your career path would be <laughs> no um i no, I had no idea what I, I knew I was a communications person. Like I knew I did better talking to people than I did studying for whatever. Um, I didn't realize that this was something that was even imaginable. And I, I actually started in the industry as like, uh, I was in premium ticketing. So I, I did uh, ticketing and um, customer service for suites and club seat holders at BOK Center in Tulsa. And I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life then either. I was just happy to be there. So I, um, from then, uh, Casey Sparks decided that she was wanted me to go to food and beverage. And all I knew how to do in food and beverage was eat food. So um, I got that down. <laughs> it's an important part. It's an important I got that down. But she, uh, I, I then moved to food and beverage and did backstage um, hospitality. So I was handling dressing rooms. Um, oh yeah, what a perfect count. Yeah, I see that now. Yeah, dressing rooms, catering. Um, I was thrown into the fire and figured it out. So I, I credit a lot of um, the job that I have today because of that food and beverage job um, and learning so much about hospitality and the way it makes the crew feel and the specialty stuff that we would do there. So um, I didn't know what I was getting myself into, but man, did I get into it. <laughs> but it's it's those little steps that got you to where you are today. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So basically after, after I left food and beverage, the job did not exist at Tulsa, uh, the brand manager job. And so we took the things that I was good at from food and beverage and kind of the customer, not necessarily, I mean, obviously I don't do ticketing anymore, but the, the customer service skills that I had um, and kind of formed this position around, you know, crew experience and, and then we put in social media and then, and then we did front of house activations and it was just like, it was um, a thing at a time, right? Like we were just, we were just taking it step by step, seeing how far we could push the limit. And so it was having that background in both of those jobs was super helpful. 
with you building the plane as you're flying it, uh, which I think is awesome. <laughs> I mean, I think it's it, it really is kind of timing. You know, I think uh, the timing could have been better because a lot of that front of house stuff was bubbling up and becoming more uh, important, probably as you were adding it to that and. And you were, I think, probably matching a lot of that growth, whereas a lot of other venues find themselves trying to catch up to it. Are there like, let's say some, I don't know, venue is like, we're going to create a brand management position. You know, what are the pitfalls that you can think of off the top of your head of like things you've learned along the way, you know, from that path and from, you know, we, we decided to go this direction. It didn't work out. And now we're doing this. Are there any sort of tips you would pass along? I think you just, you have to start somewhere, right? Like you can't, you can't put so much pressure on yourself to do these crazy things because it's not how that works. Like I didn't start, like I said earlier, I didn't start building a shipping container for Harry's house. Um, I started with just, you know, a drop it like it's hot, spicy snack bar backstage for Snoop Dogg. (laughs) It was on a six foot table and I bought some hot tamales and like some pepper. I don't, it was, it, it was like stuff like that, right? Like it doesn't have to be anything crazy. So just going in with the expectation that like, it's what you make it right. There's really, it's, it's a great thing because there's no rules. Like you're just right. You're just figuring it out as you go. And it can be whatever you want it to be. It can be whatever you want it to be for your building. It can be for the for the location. It's it can be it, it the opportunities are endless. So well, you know, we've talked a lot about your your job and some of the great stuff you're doing, but we touched on it for a minute there at the beginning, uh, with talking about the wedding. But tell us about your husband and, and kind of like what you like to do for fun. Um, well, my husband is a mechanical engineer. He's the exact, his name is Wyatt. He's the exact opposite of me. Um, he is very, we call him quiet Wyatt sometimes, um, because he is very, uh, Tim, no, he's not timid. He's just like, he's just not as outgoing as I am. So I just kind of overpower some situations sometimes, but he knows how that works. (laughs) We've been together for, um, nine years this November and we just got married obviously last month. So he, we like to hang out with our friends. We have a dachshund Poppy who, when I'm in Austin comes with me to work. Um, she's not here today or I'd make her do a cameo, but, um, (laughs) we, we just hang out with our friends and, that yeah that's about it i try and just chill so <laughs> yeah yeah and you also am i right you, you dabble in real estate yeah actually i you know so the, i really don't have free time is what i was trying to say in a nice way <laughs> um i sell real estate and that actually kick-started because of covid so we all obviously all i've got furloughed um and i don't do well not sitting like just sitting still so um i picked up real estate and ended up getting rookie of the year and continuing on and um so i still i still sell real estate but i try and limit the amount that i do because both jobs are very taxing so i'm sure um yeah anyone wants to buy a house in oklahoma let me know That's so funny. Had, had there been any times where the the skills from one of those has bled into the other? Are you, you know, are you looking at these houses and you're like, oh, you know, I think I can, you approach it in a different way because of your experience on, you know, the the, the other side, the hospitality side? 
I, um, I find a lot, like I love design, right? Like I love interior design. I love that kind of stuff. And so that having the eye for all of that helps obviously, uh, when you're creating these front, imagining these front of house activations in the back house and whatnot. But I really will say, um, the skills that I learned in negotiating from real estate are the most helpful when I have to go to Jeff and Casey and be like, here's what I want. And here's how I want to do it. <laughs> please. <laughs> so, I don't think they love it so much, but, um, it, it, it is, um, it's, it was such a good, ex- you know, it's totally out of my wheelhouse at that time. Like I didn't know what I was getting myself into, but it, I was as hard as that time that pandemic was like, it was, it was good to get pushed outside of the comfort zone. So. Yeah. Hannah, before we let you go, I want to hit you with our fast five. It's five quick questions. Just looking for your short Insta response. First up, do you remember your your very first concert? Uh, yeah, it was. Um, oh, it was you two actually. They did five. No, they did rehearsals in Tulsa, so that was it. Wow. How about a favorite concert? Um, you're gonna. I, you're going to think I'm basic, but it was, uh, I worked eight Harry style shows and every single one of those was my absolute favorite. So, and I wasn't, <laughs> a Harry. It wasn't a Harry. So it was like, I don't know. He's just got away with his crowd. Yeah. How about your favorite, your favorite Texas meal? Um, prime rib, mashed potatoes and asparagus. So there you have it. What do you, what do you miss most about Oklahoma? Um, nothing i still oh, come there. on i still live there so that's like you know i just i come and go as i please so it's not too far right like what's what's your yeah what's, what's your yeah explain that to us um well <laughs> um it's an hour flight so oh that's not bad at all i fly what's, in, the, what's drive time what's drive time though like eight hours okay I fly in in and out for our big stuff. So I just, you know. So you're doing most of the stuff remotely then? Yeah. Yep. Let's see, I'm covering, I'm covering the big news here at the end. <laughs> <laughs> Last question for you. Uh, what is, what's your theme song? So there's uh, the Hannah uh, Baker Gooden Show uh, TV show and cameras follow you all around. What's the song that plays over the opening credits to the Hannah Show? Oh gosh. Um I would probably have to say something probably lumineers of some sort. Like I love lumineers, so I don't know, probably one of those. Or Gilmore Girls. I also feel like I could relate very well to the Gilmore Girls theme song. So <laughs> Uh, let's give some plugs. Uh, if somebody wants to follow along with all the fun stuff you're doing at the Moody Center or they want to reach out to you, uh, what's the what's the best places? Uh, Moody Center ATX. You can see all the fun stuff that goes on. Um, is that's a good place to start. You can also, I mean, I post a lot of behind the scenes stuff on my Instagram too, um, which is Handy Baker. And then um, I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on Instagram. I'm on Facebook. I'm on all the things. So just find me there. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. Well, hey, I really appreciate you sharing your adventures and we uh, look forward to seeing uh, what you come up with next. No pressure. Thank you. Yeah, that was a lot of pressure. That was a, lot of- <laughs> and a big thanks to everybody for listening to this episode of Adventures in Venue Land. Remember, you can subscribe and find more episodes wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. We do love your five-star reviews. It helps others find us. Until the next adventure, 
I'm Dave Ronalberger. And I'm Paul Hooper. Thanks for listening, everyone. Adventures in Venueland is a side project of the Event and Venue Marketing Conference, a marketing conference that brings together diversified event and venue professionals to cultivate education, collaboration, and innovation for the growing sports and live entertainment industry. Find out more at eventvenuemarketing.com. Audio editing and mixing by Camille Faulkner. Design and digital advertising by Megan Ebeck. Copywriting and publicity by Samantha Marker. Guest booking and brand strategies by Paul Hooper. Guest research by Dave Rettelberger. Marketing strategies by Paul Hooper, Megan Ebeck, and Samantha Marker. Thanks for joining us. Until the next adventure.